Trauma to Testimony encompasses the proclamation of the truth and narratives of believers who have endured trauma and shook up their pain and purposely walk daily in their victories, giving God their yes. We are standing and affirming Revelation 12, 11 on this podcast. Listen, the surrender, the resurrection, overcoming trauma, the becoming better, the inner work you have to do, all heavy. Join me each week as we dissect the walk of faith we take as Christian women who have endured some of life's pain and struggles. We will dive into having the hard conversations to grow a deeper relationship with God. This right here is from my girls who have endured trauma but have a lot of Jesus. Welcome back to the Trauma to Testimony podcast. This is your girl, Tony, and I am so excited to be here with you again um, this week. And we are continuing our reconciliation series. And this Bible story that we are going to touch bases with today is going to be an amazing one. And just as a disclaimer, I want to just put out there to just... You know, if you can pull out the Bible for yourself, whether it be on your phone or whether it be your physical Bible and actually just read the words for yourself and allow, you know, just this Bible story to, you know, sit with you and sit with your specific situation, relationship, or if you're reconciling with the past, whatever you're reconciling in this season, um, just to really just read um, the Bible story with the scriptures that I'm going to provide for you today. Just read it with your heart and really, you know, just allow God to minister to your heart with your specific situation. So today we are going to get started in Genesis 37, um, and we're going to be covering the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph is covered in Genesis um, 37 through 50, and the beauty of the story of Joseph, it is, you know, just this, this story that goes, the beauty of reconciliation redemption and forgiveness and how sometimes when we are in suffering and we go through things in life and um, we we feel the pain and we we don't understand what we have been through but all of it really works together for the good of the Lord God is in your story even in the parts where it's it feels that it's traumatizing. It feels that why did this have to happen to me? I've been there so many times. Like why I keep playing this same thing in my head and it doesn't make sense, God. And what I have come to learn, even through the story of Joseph, I have come to learn that God is in it regardless of how we feel, regardless of, you know, it was severe. And and that right there, my advice is the severity of it, dealing with the feelings and the emotions around it is to seek the professional help that you need, whether that's going to therapy, whether um, you're working with a spiritual mentor, 
whether you you know you are really trying to do some intense trauma work and some intense um just healing work get the help that you need because you know those feelings and those emotions they need to be dealt with but at the same time God is still working your story, the parts of your story all together for his glory. And I understand it may feel like it is not that way most times because most times I'm still there. I'm like, God, I can't see how this part of my story is working together for the good because it hurts. It's heavy, you know, and it doesn't make sense. And quite frankly, I feel like God these, you know, some of these people, some of these situations need to be handled because if it don't be handled, God, I feel like I got to go in and handle some things because I need to set some things straight. And the Lord always gives me peace and comfort. Like, no, you don't because this is why you had to carry this because I'm doing something bigger in you. This is why you had to carry this because other people need to hear your story. This is why, you know, God, and and that's the one thing I've always recognized um, about God. When God sends his message, it comes with comfort and peace that is something that can only settle you. It's like God knows you as as his child, like he knows his child and, and the exact words and the exact things to say and the exact things to do that will calm your heart. And and I have recognized that. But definitely with Joseph, the story we're going to go over today, it's a story that really captivates that reconciliation piece and that it's bigger for us to become reconciled um, with God. Because we can offer up reconciliation. We can offer up forgiveness. We can offer up redemption. Like, (laughs) we can offer up these things once we have been reconciled with God. And and, and sometimes the suffering is, is a breaking being gracefully broken so that you can have that that fear of God which is you know um, fear of God in the Bible is to be in awe or to be in reverence of God so you know it, it really just got like being so amazed by God in your everyday life sometimes we need a breaking when we've been traumatized we've had you know so many things happen to us in life that we put up walls and we have these you know defense mechanisms that nobody can break through nobody can get through because we've been there we've had you know we've had the hurt we've had the pain now it's like no nobody's going to be able to hurt me but The one thing about being reconciled with God is that God starts to show you that you don't have to no longer be your safe place. God is your safe place. God is the one who's going to help you get through. God is the one who's going to love you through your pain. 
and I'm only speaking to you this way because I know it I live it I'm there I currently go through trauma counseling have been doing it for a while I'm still working on things with my childhood trauma I'm still working on the ways that I'm expressing you know how my trauma shows up in my behavior how it shows up in my responses how it shows up in how in my daily life how it shows up in in um me as a wife me as a mom me you know me as a woman you know me as a minister it it literally is um an everyday work but I just really want to remind you because I this this story right here just it just hits home for the the person who has been through some things for the person who has been through trauma and who is working on really letting go of what happened for an exchange to be truly in relationship with God truly in a peace with God truly reconciled with God truly letting go of what you can't control Mm. because let me tell you when you've been through some things you be trying to control it like listen I cannot (laughs) I will not okay it is not happening to me but the truth is that once you start to build this relationship with God post-trauma you start to recognize that you know your safe your safety and your safe place and just your your healing is in God you, because it, it becomes bigger than you it becomes your healing becomes more than what you can do for yourself okay so let's get into this story because I let me tell you I, I, I am an encourager that is um one of my top spiritual gifts (laughs) well extortionist (laughs) but that is my top spiritual gift well one of my top spiritual gifts so I can encourage all day but I really just want to give you context of just this story of Joseph so that you can start to see you know and it can speak to your heart for your specific situation so let's get into it Again, Joseph's story is covered um, in Genesis 37 through 50. So starting out, because I would love to read it word by word to you, but we will be on this podcast episode (laughs) for weeks and weeks and weeks because it's so much meaniness in Joseph's story. Um, But starting out in Genesis 37, um, Joseph is, you know, tending to the flocks with his brothers. Um, Joseph, just to give you a background, Joseph is the child of Jacob and Rachel. Because every time I, I get into this story with Jacob, Rachel and Leah it's just so interesting how you know things break down in the Bible people say it's not you know interesting or you know but some things is really like a re-edition of love and hip-hop it really is like I'm like wow this is a lot going on so Rachel just to give you background Rachel and Leah were sisters and they were both wives of Jacob yeah 
let's pause on that um because i was like what what you say so they were going back and forth um about you know having children with jacob i know rachel she was really just trying to bear a child for jacob and then um it was like a back and forth between both of them so they both had their maid servant sleep with jacob and take in jacob um and they also offered them up as wives for jacob as well so all of the sons um the 13 children well the 13 children the 12 sons um are literally you know they're all jacob's children but they have different mothers so you can see how the love and hip-hop and all the different things is just you know collecting and coming into play (laughs) because I just think that is so interesting um so Rachel was really trying to have you know just a a child and then Leah she saw Leah having children and then it's like Leah she was her son Reuben which is the oldest son was um, in the field one day tending to the mandrakes. The mandrakes is, is a fertility plant, um, or it was said to, you know, um, help with fertility. So Rachel wanted some of that, and you know, her and Leah had an encounter. I'm telling you, I can literally tell this <laughs> as if it was Love and Hip Hop, <laughs> but um, Love and Hip Hop back in the day because I don't watch it now. Um, but when you know they had this encounter you know Leah was basically telling her like okay it wasn't enough for you to you know take my husband now you want my son's mandrakes well my son's plants and everything so you know Rachel said well you can sleep with Jacob to basically um offer for Rachel to get the mandrakes so once Rachel got um the mandrakes um still nothing happened at that point so Leah slept with Jacob by that time she conceived she had um, a son and then had his fifth son and then after that conceived again had his sixth son and then they had a daughter so after that God had remembered Rachel's prayer opened up her womb and then she had Joseph and then you know Rachel after she had when she had Joseph she said may the Lord bless her with another son and she had Benjamin so that's just to give you a background because I'm telling you God's word it it, it lives on because these are still things that we see today these are still stories that's why you know so many times I'm like God's story still lives on because God knew we would encounter things like this God knew we would need the context because though it might sound crazy somebody needs that story you know and it's it's something like just to know that God really was working through everyone who played a part in their part of writing the the Bible. Like God knew that somebody would need that because unfortunate as it is, that is somebody's story. You know, that is somebody's story and they need to be released and they need to understand the healing in that story as well. So that is a background of Jacob so Jacob 
I mean of Joseph so Joseph is Jacob's and Rachel's first son Starting in Genesis 37. So Joseph was loved by Jacob more than any of his other sons because Joseph had been born to him in old age and Joseph had been given a robe from Jacob, which you might have heard this as the coat of many colors. This set the tone for how his brothers treated him because his brothers seen how Jacob loved Joseph so much more than any of them and they started to grow this hatred for him and couldn't really speak kind to him so starting in Genesis 37 5 verses 5 through 11 I'm going to read it because this part is so critical for it sets the tone and it foreshadows what God is about to do so starting out in verse 5 Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers they hated him all the more he said to them listen to this dream I had We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheep rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Mm. Now, the thing is, God was speaking to Joseph in his dreams. And his dreams was telling him about a future time. His dreams was telling him about a future time. So God was providing comfort, comfort in context of what was to come, because amidst this, Joseph would see suffering on another level. Joseph was about to experience so many different things. He was about to experience um being thrown in jail or prison he was about to um experience being lied on by Potiphar's wife he was about to experience you know being able to use his gift of interpreting dreams for others 
and feel the feelings of rejection and abandonment because nobody um, spoke up for him or said, hey, this is the one who, who did this for me. Go get him. He's interpreting dreams like nobody thought about him outside of those cell walls. But God was already providing context, okay? God was already providing context before it happened. And I know sometimes it's hard to look at that and it's hard to see that before the suffering. God is already saying, I already have a plan for you. I already have destiny for you. I already have a calling for you. I already have purpose for you. And so many times when we we go through the suffering, we forget that we were always called to destiny. We were always going to, you know, see the promise. And, and maybe that's for someone. And that is for someone. Not a maybe. That is for someone. That even amidst the suffering, even the things that you have been through, even though you're in a place where you feel like you're healing and, and going through things and you feel like, you know, I was just here trying to tell somebody my story. I was just here trying to tell somebody my dream. I was just here trying to tell them what I what I seen and what I envisioned, what God keep telling me. I keep telling them my promises. That right now, you need to know that even in all of that, God is still going to fulfill the promise. That even when it feels like suffering is too much, even when it feels like this healing journey, everything that I'm doing, I'm going to counseling, I'm going to church, I'm going to Bible study, I'm showing up to quiet time every morning, God. And it still feels so heavy. It still feels like I'm not getting through. It still feels like there's no breakthrough. I want to remind you at this very moment that God still sends the signs. God is still out there um, sending the wonders. God is still sending the miracles that you have to continue to keep drawing close to God because God is showing you a reminder of your promise. That even in the suffering, even in the hard times, that God is going to give you that promise. It's going to tell you about God he gonna fulfill it regardless of what it looks like regardless of what you think regardless of how impossible it looks all things are possible with God now another important part to notice within these um within the text is that his father rebuked him Jacob said oh no what is this dream you had like, what do you mean? I'm going to be bowing down to you, you, me and your mother and brothers for real. So even with all of the love Jacob had for his son, even he rebuked him, meaning that your purpose and this this speaks to something so important. Your purpose, sometimes your dream, sometimes the vision that God gives you, it's between you and God. And I feel this for somebody. You can't continue to sink yourself in a hole or get upset or sad or down or discouraged because nobody can't see you past your trauma. Ooh. Nobody can't see you past what you've been through. 
that even the ones who see what's going on, even the ones who know what's going on, that even in that moment, they can rebuke you. But you have to stick to what you know God showed you. You have to trust and know that God's going to get you out. You have to trust and know that the promise and the vision that God gave you, God is going to see it through and it's going to be fulfilled. Because I can only imagine, because we're going to touch bases on that next, but I can only imagine through all of the suffering that Joseph went through, that's about to come, that we about to cover, that I could only imagine how this dream was hard to even see at that time, how this promise was even hard to believe still after all of that. But you're going to see when we talk about Genesis 45, when he was reconciled with his brothers, you're going to see how he, even Joseph knew that God did it. God allowed things to happen. God set things forth because it was something bigger that God needed him to do. It was bigger than his brothers. It was bigger than Jacob rebuking him. It was bigger than um, than his brother's um hatred and and them thinking that they had one over him it was bigger than all of that because God needed to do something for his people I'm telling you God gets the glory out of your story God gets the glory out of your story so you sitting here thinking that your story is not important you sitting here thinking that your story is playing a little part but it's playing a part to a bigger picture Because God knew that there was famine coming. God knew that, you know, his people, there will be so many people suffering at this time. So God needed to do some things differently. So the the part of our story plays a big part in God's glory. Verse 11 in Genesis 37 is his father kept the matter in mind. So Jacob knew, Jacob knew, okay, you know, he said this. I understand that I'm I'm rebuking him. You had this dream. Me and your mother and your brothers going to bow down to the ground before you. But he kept it in mind. Because he had to know that there was something, some truth to it, and had to keep it. I believe Jacob kept it in his mind because he knew that there was truth there. He knew that God was there. I believe he knew that this was a serious message. And sometimes in the midst of us, you know, explaining things or trying to process things, that if God is telling you something, hold on to it. Hold on to the promise. Because for Jacob to hold on to what his son said, 
he knew that there was truth to it. He knew that this two thing that seems impossible now could definitely be possible with God, could definitely play out. Now, how it would? No, because most times we don't know how. Because God does things so different than (laughs) what our little minds could really come up with. But something in Jacob knew. So whatever the promise, whatever the vision, your past, your story, and what you have been through does not cancel out what God's promise is. And and, and that keeps coming back to me. And I feel that someone is giving up on their the vision God gave to them, the dream God gave to them, the promise God gave to them. Because of the 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 past that they have been through or discounting themselves of just the future glory because of the past of their story. God can do anything. And I just want to speak to that. God can do anything. Anything. One of my favorite songs says that God can do anything. Anything he wants to. Nothing's impossible. God can do anything. That means at this very moment, God can turn your life around. God can make people question wow, this person did this, they changed into this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe like this is their, this is their present, but I remember their past. I'm telling you being, and and thank you, Holy Spirit, because this episode is taking a turn, (laughs) but we're still in the story of Joseph um, in Genesis 37. But just speaking to that person who may think that, They can't live in the promises of God because of what they have been through, because of the suffering, because of the pain, because of the past trauma. I wish that I could literally take you back to Tony in my middle school and teenage years, even Tony as a child, just for you to see how I grew up just for you to see the labels that was put on me just for you to see just the the things I was doing and and the labels they were you know in alignment with what I was doing at the time so I ain't mad about it no more had to talk to God about it I'm good we good (laughs) but what I noticed is I have family members now. I have friends from back then who know me now who say, I, I just can't see it. I can't believe it. And I have people, and now that's one side, but I didn't, on the other side, I have people who meet me, you know, at my uh, after Christ era 
who look at me and say, oh, no, I couldn't see you fighting. I couldn't see you being this teenager who was doing all this stuff, stealing and, and um, you know, skipping school, just doing all the stuff, like j- just doing stuff I like, had no business doing, okay? And I tell my story to people and I, I tell them about just the pain and hurt and what I've experienced. And they're like, but I can't see that. And that's the thing about God. When your story is for God's glory, it'll blow the minds of other people. People will be able to see the light within your story that they won't see the darkness. Because the truth is the darkness is still there. Let's be honest. The healing that is required is still there. The stuff that you have been through is still there. You're still healing. You're still growing. Let me tell you about my story. I'm still healing. I'm still growing. I'm still going through hard trauma sessions where my therapist is like, Tony, you did so good. But I'm like, listen, I don't like this. Like, you can have this. <laughs> you can have this. I'm about to pack up. We can, we can finish this little trauma session. You got it. You know, we good. But I know it's for God's glory for me to heal. I know it's for God's glory for my story to live on. perfect segue for this Mm. Mm. (sighs) it's just I'm telling you this segue is so important I, I love it thank you Holy Spirit so Joseph went after his brothers we are starting on verse 17 so joseph went after his brothers and found them near dothan but they saw him in the distance and before he reached them they plotted to kill him here comes that dreamer they said to each other come now let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him then we'll see what comes of his dreams. I'm going to stop right there. Because I said your story, because of God's glory, your story lives on. His brothers were plotting to kill him. We'll see what comes of his dreams. When it comes to your story, when it comes to the trauma and the pain, the vision gets hard to see. The promises of God to get you out, the promises of God to heal you, the promises of God to bring you out and you're going to get breakthrough, it gets hard to see that. 
It gets hard to live that. It gets hard to see the joy and peace during that time. It gets hard to live in the promises of God. When you have seen the terror and the trauma of this world. When you have seen how man can really just destroy your heart. Let's be honest. When you have seen the abuse, when you have seen the childhood trauma, when you have lived through the, the domestic violence, when you have lived through the toxic relationships, when you have lived through the um, toxic family, dysfunctional family, it feels like things have ended. It feels like there is an end right there it it feels like everything is over and I get emotional because I just see what God is doing I just see what God is doing we see an end right there and at that moment when I'm reading they plotted to kill him and then they were going to make up a story and then they'll see what comes of his dreams. They, they, they had to know that there was truth in these dreams. And this is speaking to somebody who thought that their story ended when the trauma happened. And, and I hear when the abuse happened. I don't know who that's for, but when the abuse happened. That you thought your story ended. You thought everything was gone. You thought, oh wow, whatever God was showing me, or ooh, was it God showing me that? Let's be honest. Because we start questioning stuff when we start processing how much we have been through. But let's be honest. With God, we have eternal life. And I, and I mean, I've had to repeat that to myself so many times. We have eternal life. There's no end. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So the enemy, as I read this, I start to see how because of their hatred and everything in their heart, Joseph's brothers literally, literally, were allowed to be used because of all of that vengeance in their heart and hatred in their heart they were allowed to be used by the enemy to plot to kill to destroy his dreams to steal life away from him to work we gotta see how things come in a way and in a mist of our of our story and that's how we know how to to heal that's how we know how to come out of things that's how we know to how have breakthrough that's how we know how to in those times when it's hard to draw near to God because God is close to you close to the brokenhearted, okay? 
close to those with the story, those with the messiness in their story, those who feel like, God, you, you can't be near because listen, I'm, I'm broken hearted. If I have to take another thing, God, I don't know. I might just break and I don't know how I'm going to pull myself back together. But that right there, even in its sense, God pulls you back together. works in our week with our weaknesses and I'm sorry I had to stop right there because that right there is just you know that's why reading God's word is so crucial because that right there just really pulled out the characteristics of the enemy just put just in verses 18 through 20 was really just a layout of the enemy coming and seeping in to a story that God had already had already set forth. God had already told Joseph in the dream of his destiny, had already set things forth, had already put it out. Joseph had already put it out there, further confirming that it was coming true further saying that you know what I'm going to declare and speak this thing I'm going to tell my brothers about it I'm going to tell my father about it it was already out there and here come the enemy swarming into people's stuff let me go see how I can work my way in this because he ain't got no power let me see how I can work my way into this and get them to do this and because they had the hatred in their heart, because they had the um, the the willingness and wanting to stop Joseph's dream, there it was, laid out, plotting to kill him. Ooh. So now we are going to cover verses 21 through 36. So, and I'm I'm shaking my head um, because it it just gets real, (laughs) real in this section. Um, You'll start to see how one um evil doing turns into so many cover-ups and so much is just going on in these next few verses so starting at verse 21 when reuben heard this he tried to rescue him from their hands let's not take his life he said don't shed any blood throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness but do not lay a hand on him and reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father so when joseph came to his brothers they stripped him of his robe the ornate robe he was wearing Mm. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh. 
and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood they took the ornate robe back to their father and said we found this examine it to see whether it is your son's robe he recognized it and said it is my son's robe some ferocious animal has devoured him joseph has surely been torn to pieces then jacob tore his clothes put on a sackcloth and mourned for his son many days all his sons and daughters came to comfort him but he refused to be comforted no he said i will continue to mourn until i join my son in the grave so his father wept for him meanwhile the midianites sold joseph in egypt to potiphar one of pharaoh's officials the captain of the guard I'm telling you, the first thing there is so the brothers had already plotted to kill him and now that they are seeing that things aren't adding up see that's the thing about when you're you know doing evil things or when you're trying to you know do something that goes against good let's say that they literally had to do a lot of covering up back and forth trying to figure out what to do knowing that they were doing something wrong but trying to just make this thing in their mind seem right that's what i get from it the interesting thing that is is struck out to me was that they tore off his robe that he was wearing the robe that jacob had gave and that robe was so important um in this context because it was the thing that made it that made the brothers hate Joseph. So they took off the robe and they threw him into the cistern. Now, a cistern is what was used to collect like rainwater, what was, I mean, all of different bacteria, different things could, from my research, it could end up in the cistern. Um, and this would just hold water and you know, it wasn't really safe to drink. Um, so <laughs> this right here, it, it's just storing water. So imagine being thrown into that, into one of the most, <sighs> the word I have for it is disgusting things. And then you're, you know, by your brothers, by the people who 
you know, let's say position wise or what we think the people who are supposed to love you, the people who are supposed to be there for you, family, um, imagine being done wrong um, by them. And now, you know, they take the one thing that may have, you know, that makes you feel close to your father. The one thing that, you know, is kind of like your pride and joy, like his robe, I'm sure, you know, because his father gave it to him. That was his father's love for him. But because the brothers were jealous of him that was what they took off like you don't need this let's see you know like in the verses before this um that we read let's see how we can just um let's see about his dream now like you know let's take that away so you know that the robe was another important thing of what they wanted to take away because that right there was a symbol of how their father loved joseph more but the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Um, so, so plan one <laughs> did not work. So now they had to figure out a way. We done threw him in here, but we got to get rid of him. The fact that on their mind, again, what we talked about not too long ago is end. They were like, we got to get rid of him. Like we got to see an end to him. Like they were going to go through whatever it took to get to an end except for Reuben. Reuben had plans of getting him back. Of course, um, Reuben was off at this point when they were, they sold their brother. They sold Joseph. So now we're coming into the part where they're like, you know what? We'll, um, you know, we won't gain nothing from killing our brother. Cause of course, Hmm. We know that that's wrong. So we won't gain anything from that and covering up his blood. So let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. And they say, oh, well, you know, he is our own flesh and our own blood. So the interesting thing about this is that they knew that, okay, well, you know, this is wrong. We we shouldn't kill him. He is our flesh. He is our blood. They were accepting to that, but they couldn't be accepting to getting over you know, their feelings of jealousy or hatred to just keep him there or not do what they had to do. Even though it all worked together in God's plan, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to see how even despite that, they were like, you know what? No, we have to like put an end to his dream or we have to put an end to even our pain because even for them to strip him of his robe the very robe that they knew that their father gave to him because he loved them shows that they seen something shows that they they knew what to take now you know they have sold joseph for 20 shekels of silver to the eshmaelites and now He was taken to Egypt. So um, at this point, Reuben is coming back and saw that Joseph wasn't there and he tore his clothes. Now, the tearing of clothes um, in the Bible means like a mourning and, you know, just a sorrow, expressing sorrow for the death of someone or, um, you know, just a feeling of remorse at that time. So, of course, you know, Reuben felt, you know, probably remorseful at this time because he felt like, wow, like I really was just trying to 
you know, get them to leave him in the cistern so I can come back for him and return him um, to Jacob. You know, that was his biggest um, thing. So, you know, at that point, you know, he was just like, wow, I feel really bad. So um, now, you know, they have to continue to cover up this story. So here we go. So they got this robe, the robe that, you know, holds all this feelings, all this hatred, the love of that their father had for um for joseph all is in his robe like they literally hate joseph because of this robe because they can see how their father loves joseph more than them um and they slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood they took the robe black to their father and basically asked for him to identify with it and Jacob did. He said that this is his son's robe and he's he concluded the exact thing they wanted him to conclude from the beginning is that he Joseph had been devoured by a ferocious animal and had been torn to pieces. So in the end they got that that story across for now, but they didn't see how much that, you know, Jacob really stood there and mourned. He said not until his his son returned and everybody tried to comfort him, but he was not comforted because he lost his son. So then Joseph was um, sold to Potiphar. And this is the start, or not even the start, but the continuing of God's plan with Joseph's story. So even in all of that trauma that could have been experienced, that pain, that trauma that could have been experienced from him, you know, you have the joy of wanting to be around your brothers, you know, your older brothers, you have the joy of wanting to be a part of things, you have the joy of you know, at this point, before his brothers threw him in a cistern and before they um, sold him, he was literally just, you know, trying to follow them. He was trying to, you know, be a part, you know, because imagine if they never had kind words for him and they never wanted to include him in things. You know, we can conclude from that that, you know, Joseph was always trying to be a part or that they, you know, didn't make him feel welcome from that. So it's, it's now coming to a part where we are starting to see that, you know, there was so much experience in that. Like there could have been the possibility of feeling, you know, that your own flesh and blood threw you away. They gave you away. They sold you. They did not have a care and regard for you. And, you know, we will see even in Genesis 45, Joseph's reaction to his brothers. Just it displays the whole, you know, how much he had to grieve over the loss of the position of his brothers and what a brother is supposed to be and how family is supposed to look out for you and how they're supposed to be there for you. And I don't know who this is for, um, but, and, and you know what? It may be for me too, you know, <laughs> because I feel like a lot of the times, um, even when it comes to um, 
past trauma or it comes to what we have experienced in our story, in our past, that, you know, it's mostly the trauma or the traumatic situation or event is done by someone who we looked up to, someone that we hoped and and, and thought would love us. But in the end, the love came as pain. Oof. It came as hurt for some of us, and, and for myself, it came as abuse. It, it came in, in the ways of what we didn't expect. You know, we didn't expect that it would be painful. We didn't expect that it would be, you know, us being thrown away or, you know, sold to something else. Like, they basically... <laughs> sold him sold him into slavery so and and and, and oh yes so so you know at this point we can see that sometimes hurt and pain and hatred can turn into you know just someone else's pain can bring on the pain that you experience oh Someone else's pain can bring on the pain. And I'm telling you, healing will have you looking at people that hurt you as hurt. Because it's not until you sit with God and understand it. You know, God tells us to forgive because of us being reconciled to him is is right there is a forgiveness. It didn't matter what we did. It didn't matter what happened before that moment because we are reconciled through Jesus Christ to God. That's what matters. God doesn't weigh all of that when God reconciles us to him. He doesn't weigh all of that. He doesn't say, well, this person got a this percentage. They got an A. This person got a B. And they say, a sin is a sin. Okay? And God ain't sitting here saying, well, this person got 100%, then this person got a 75 No, God is saying, you know what? Through Jesus, laid it all out in the line, it is gone. That's why God tells us to forgive because the weight of all of that is laid right there at the cross. All of that. And it's not until you heal that you start to see why God has us forgive. You start to see that God is doing something bigger in reconciliation. Reconciliation is was such a big thing, you know, through Jesus for us because God knew the forgiveness that had to take place. God knew it had to be something bigger. So if there's something that you need to forgive somebody, you know, you have maybe a number of things in the past that you still haven't let go of because it's so heavy. I really urge you to get the help that you need to deal with your feelings and heart. And I urge you to forgive whatever it's going to take to forgive. I've, I've had a number of relationships that I've held on to for too long, too long. Because just to see the peace that God, God offered, it's just like, now I'm like, okay, 
Was it even worth holding on to the grudge? Was it worth holding on to the the hatred? Come on now. Was it worth holding on to the pain when you know that God can set things free? And, And I'm starting to see certain relationships and things turn around to a point where I'm starting to notice that God just needed to show me the purpose in those things happening. God needed, those things needed to happen for me to be able to sit, okay, and for God to use his glory for trauma to testimony. God needed those things to happen so that, you know, even for me, I could be gracefully broken and have a fear of the Lord. And and I know it might sound crazy to some, but it makes sense when it comes to just this this heart posture we need to have with the Lord. Like a lot of the times, you know, our story is an indicator of so many things that's been happening generationally. And trust me, you know, even giving you the background of what had been happening with like Rachel and Leah and um and Jacob and all the different maid servants who were put in the mix to have kids it's like you'll start to see and, and I always love to look at family um family lines or what was happening in the family um leading up to somebody's story because it, it the history gives context to the present and God was doing a healing work and, and turning the tables and things in Joseph as well, because, and this is why I said Joseph is that story that reminds me of even my story, because what I see and what I feel is Joseph had to be a vessel of light for his brothers to see that they too can um, be given forgiveness and redemption, that they too can be set free, even though they had the hatred in their heart, even though they did the things like that, that were evil and bad, that they can too be reconciled with God. They had to see that he was the vessel for that. So through his story, lives were saved. Through his story, lives were saved. Be the vessel. Be the vessel. I know your story seems like it was a lot. I know it seemed like maybe, you know, you were thrown away or maybe... In your story, people forgot about you, rejected, abandoned. I still battle with those feelings. Feeling like you're not enough because someone could not love you a certain way. But I really want to encourage you to let you know that it doesn't matter, you know, the the part of what you want to get out of your story You want to prove a point. You want to prove how everything needs to um, needs to satisfy just you and your story. Just know that God gets the glory. So God's going to do something bigger with your story. And today, just release that person. 
because again, I'm going, I'm going to keep saying this to be reconciled with God was the biggest thing God did. Because God wanted you to be reconciled with him at that, at that moment, God wanted you to be easy to forgive, easy to let go. And I, and I know it's a harder thing than, than, you know, just doing it and being okay with it and just saying, okay, you know what? I'm gonna let this go. You know, this happened. It's cool. It's like, no, God truly needs you in your heart to forgive because that's what God does for us. He forgives without thought. Mm. And I know it's a much harder role for us, especially when we have <laughs> been through some things. It's a much harder road. But I really want you to start thinking about at this part of the story, start thinking about that one thing that you are trying to reconcile, that you have on your heart, that you've been talking to God about during this reconciliation series. What is that one thing? Is it a relationship? Is it reconciling with your past? Is it reconciling with a situation that took place in your life? Take that one thing and start really thinking about it. How can I really seek the subject of forgiveness in this? How can I really lay this down and not pick it back up? How can I really get to a point where the spirit of reconciliation lives within me? Because I know what my story says. I know what happened. I knew, I know what took place. It was not fair. Some of the parts of my story was unfortunate. Okay, we talking about Joseph getting sold by his brothers people who were supposed to love him. It's unfortunate. And I'm sure there are parts of your story that is unfortunate. The ones who were supposed to love you just didn't love you the way that you needed them to. So how can you now offer this up um, on the altar, lay it down and say, God, I need you to help me reconcile with this thing or this relationship or this person or my past? And come out of it so that you can heal and become better. Because that's the thing. We all are just, we're, we're trauma survivors who are healing and growing to be the vessel and to be the light that we're supposed to be. Our story is for God's glory. I will talk to you next week and we will continue our um, reconciliation series. Hey, Healing Bestie. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that it has impacted you. Share this episode with a good friend who may need inspiration in this area. Screenshot this week's episode and let us know that you are listening and know and let us know what you think about this episode. And tag us on Instagram at trauma to testimony. If this did a tug on your heart, I want to invite you to stick around with us and join our email list and Healing Besties community. Find the links down in the show notes and let us know when you are in. And until next time, let's heal, Bestie. Let's heal together.